Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Tech Prep Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Cola, the Tech Prep Coordinator at Kent State University. Just a reminder, this podcast is hosted out of the Ohio Northeast College Tech Prep region. Although it's hosted out of the Northeast, we hope that all of our interviews and all of our episodes will be applicable to people all over Ohio. Today I'm interviewing Mr. Nick Menon, the Principal Software Engineer for AI at Online MedEd. Thanks so much for joining me today, Nick. Thanks, Matt. It's great to be here. We're happy to have you. So can you give me uh, just a brief introduction of yourself uh, and your role with your company? Yeah, yeah. So my name is Nick Menon. Uh, I started at Online MedEd uh, as a principal QA automation engineer. And over the last few months, I've been diving into artificial intelligence and learning about uh, machine learning and large language models. And recently we've created something that we'll be talking about soon with artificial intelligence, and it's really given me a new direction with career. That's really amazing. Yeah, I mean, the technology field change, it changes so rapidly. I know you said that this is a relatively new position for you, just kind of within the past couple months, right? Well, yeah, so the position is still forming as to how we're going to phrase it at the company, but I started looking into artificial intelligence back at uh, the end of April, early May, when I started looking into, uh, at the beginning, ChatGPT and how to get around having our own information, train the model so we could use proprietary information. ChatGPT's uh, got some ethical dilemmas that were in the media during that time, uh, and they've since closed a lot of those holes, but during the time that the hole was open, we started looking into things uh, like H2O GPT and Vicuna. Those are free models that are open source. They just can't hit the reasoning that ChatGPT could. And after we got back to using ChatGPT, we uh, found some really good products that we could create to help the students that come into online MedEd. So we can help them find an easier time to train to become a doctor, all through the use of AI, um, our, with myself creating the scripts, and then doctors vetting and verifying the information that's coming out. That's incredible. So, I mean, I think it goes without saying, but uh, before we get into our prepared questions, you would say that AI is the future? Yeah, AI is absolutely the future. I, I might, right now, my concern is that people see it in fear instead of looking at it as a tool. It's not gonna replace jobs, but it's going to change them so that jobs aren't as miserable as they might be today. I think anyone listening can appreciate that. So can you tell me a little bit about what Online Med Ed does? Uh, you already talked about your work at the company, but if you want to uh, expand on that at all, feel free to do that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's actually a pretty cool company that I came across when I lived down in Austin. Uh, it is a doctor who uh, records videos to train other doctors with more practical experience. Uh, when doctors are inside of the classroom, sometimes they can uh, miss out or glaze over a particular topic during a week. So he tries to fill the gaps by using his ways of training that worked for him, trying to impart that to other students with videos, uh, texts, uh, documents, practice tests, uh, and so on, just to help them 
learn, yeah, well, to continue to learn after they get their degree. Uh, it's one of the things that I was shocked about is that after they spend seven years in college, they still have to spend a couple more years taking tests before they can be a doctor. Um, it gives me a, a bit more compassion towards all the struggles they go through. I knew several people in med school when I was in graduate school. That is, it's no joke. Yeah, um, I, I'm very glad that they're there to, you know, protect my life. And I'm glad that I can use uh, my software skills to help them with learning a little bit better. That's awesome. I'm glad that you can do that too. I Better trained doctors are always a good thing. Yeah, yeah, thanks. <laughs> so what sorts of opportunities are available to students uh, in at your company or in your field after high school graduation? Well, after high school graduation um, in the field, there's really not going to be a lot that's open to high school students because they need to have some programming and scripting experience. Mm -hmm. uh, there's two options that they can go down to get this. There's the option of going to college and getting a computer science degree, which would lead them into software engineering. But there's now also online boot camps, which can train students, you know, sometimes six months to a year. Uh, my only caution with that is to say that uh, make sure you read the fine print and do your research. Some of these places will take advantage of you financially. So especially fresh out of high school, check with your parents or a teacher at school, somebody trusted to look over mm -hmm. this. But uh, a lot of them will do it on a percentage of your future pay for you know the next year, the next two years, anything that's a year, that's still a, a good deal. Now with mm -hmm. opportunities with my company, my company is un unfortunately small and uh, went through some rounds of layoffs and now we're getting to a point of being able to look at growth, uh, which is really great to hear uh, that you know we, we righted the ship. And now with us moving forward, uh, education has always been a really large cornerstone for myself. So I have worked with my engineering manager and at the start of next year, I'll be offering uh, internships that will last the quarter, uh, well, what, the semesters at college, the same time frame, so spring, fall, summer, um, mm -hmm. where the student would be able to come in and learn the, the QA automation that I do. And if they continue to learn from there, then we can look at moving on into AI. That sounds like an excellent opportunity. You mentioned opportunities for internships. I guess my next question is, what skills does first your company uh, most look for in its employees, but also your field as a whole? Because we want this podcast to be generalizable for people in the tech field in general. Absolutely. And really, the, the great part about that is they're the same. Uh, so the industry, uh, maybe not in every city, in every state, because now software has gone remote. So you don't have to move to go to your job. You can get it anywhere. Um, I've worked at a couple of companies in different locations. So one of the biggest things that we look for out of anything is curiosity. Uh, we, we don't want people who come in and know everything because we are not doing what everyone else has done before. We're creating a new product. It might be a product that's similar to everything out there, but it's still a new product. So we love to see curiosity. We, don't, we wanna see people who come in and have the general understanding of software. 
understanding what solid programming is, what the test automation pyramid is, what dry versus wet means. When they understand these philosophies, they have an easier time understanding that they don't know everything. Uh, so even myself, I mean, I'm reading uh, constantly, I mean, easily at least five hours a day. Um, and not just to keep up with my job, but to keep up with technology because I love it. So we want to see that curiosity. We want to see the eagerness to, to learn more. Uh, it's not really like the pay is really great in software, um, but we don't want people chasing pay. Uh, we want people that are chasing learning. Uh, mm -hmm. And then uh, also in the industry, there is uh, just a large push for supporting of all communities. Uh, we, we want more diversity in software because we've noticed that as that diversity comes in, we start to get a better picture and we start to create better products because we're, we're incorporating multiple mindsets. So we also really look for somebody who's capable of allowing that diversity in. Um, it's more integral in the interview than most people realize. Or open-mindedness towards diversity? Yeah, well, and it's just, I wouldn't even say that it's open-mindedness towards it, because most everyone is open-minded towards it, but it's closed-minded in their mindset. You know, they, sure. they accept it, but they don't accept it for themselves, which uh -huh. as much as we can agree that everyone gets their own opinion, it still closes their mind. And when you have a closed mm -hmm. mind, you don't think outside of the box, which you have to do in right. software. Sure. So open-mindedness, creativity, a push for knowledge, and yes, of course, a basic understanding of the basics in the field. Morals and ethics, yeah. I mean, like we're, we're looking for all of these components when we're interviewing, and it's not you have to be the best in each category, but you know, when we add up the categories, it has to come up to a positive number. Of course. What else would you like to discuss about your company or about uh, AI? I, I'm not an expert. Where do you see all of this going? That is a continually evolving answer. In the beginning, a few months ago, I thought this was going to be a, a really cool parlor trick and a nice to have on your resume. Now, after deep diving into it and finding out uh, a few patterns that I was really surprised at the simplicity of it, I don't know. I can see this taking away the drudgery out of people's days mm -hmm. when they have to look at an Excel spreadsheet, analyze the data and spit it out. Well, now you'll be able to take that data, put it into ChatGPT and get the same answers that you would have spent six hours in six minutes. So it's going to free up people's time. And we're so afraid of what that means for productivity, but it really means we get a great productivity gain with no extra input. So mm -hmm. I really hope it doesn't mean they're gonna find extra you know, 35 hours to fill into our work week, and they really just give those 35 hours back to us so that we can live and experience and grow as people. Um, but that's my you know, idealistic world. Uh, the real world, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm still idealistic in hopes that it will happen. Thank you. You've mentioned a couple times that there is a certain level of fear around AI, and uh, I know I've seen that in the education world, and you were talking about it in the business world with the possibility of replacing jobs. What would you say to educators who are fearful of AI in the sense that they're worried that students might use it to cheat? I mean, I am definitely going to be on a side that they don't like. 
because the my my say in it is we can fight this the same way that we fought the radio when it came out that the radio was the devil and it was going to destroy the world but it didn't it gave us new ways of communicating and that's really <laughs> what this is but we don't know how to communicate with it some of us do we are learning but that's that's a very small group that understand what's happening and everyone else is just fearful because as a english teacher well ChatGPT could teach english but it's the same with writing all of these questions that i'm doing for my company is that it's mm -hmm. writing these questions but it still needs a doctor to look at it mm -hmm. and say yeah we're going to be teaching good information so it's not going to take away from anyone's job and it's not going to take away from the students to learn at mm -hmm. least now they're asking chat gpt a very simple one-line answer but chat gpt isn't giving them their answer it's giving them an explanation with the answer maybe mm -hmm. this will help us more than it hurts because those students that don't read that don't do the work now they might because they they're only doing the work that they feel is relevant and mm -hmm. and in hopes that we can teach them that there's a lot more relevance out there and sometimes going a little bit deeper helps out a lot so i, I mean i see it more as a, a carrot and a stick and not mm -hmm. something to run away from we can use it to say hey it's worth it get this knowledge and that should hopefully make them want more right they learn how cool this is and they learn that they can learn what they want to learn so if we teach them how to use this it's like they say if you build it they will come yeah uh, unfortunately i went with that mentality before and i will say it does not work that way unfortunately <laughs> field of dreams is only a movie um but i do think that you know by giving them these tools and teaching them how to use it in school to get their work done what happens when they take that same drive and energy and apply it to what they want will they mm -hmm. find something new will they find something we never even thought to ask in that way. And I think that by us holding others back that we're missing out on that opportunity. Mm -hmm. You know, embrace it and figure it out. Yeah, it's scary, but you know, we're gonna have to learn it at some point in time. It's not gonna go away. You're working with it on a daily basis, but you are not the only person I've spoken to who is using it on a daily basis. And technology isn't the only field that's using it. Any, any other industry I've spoken to has said they want their students to learn AI because it's already in the business world. And so if we aren't teaching our students AI, we are doing them a disservice. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, I mean, it is, but I, I also think it's a little subjective. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I can't speak in a blanket term because there might be some instances where it's not a good idea. You know, we, we just have to look at it in more of a subjective light and stop really fighting back against it. Um, mm -hmm. I could be missing something that, you know, advocating that, oh, put it in right now might cause more trouble. But I think that everyone should at least investigate and they shouldn't mm -hmm. be upset that students are going to use it. That shows ingenuity by the student. Why shouldn't the student do the best work they can in the best way possible? If they mm -hmm. don't know how to create this English paper because they're not good at English, now they've got the ability to help. And, mm -hmm. you know, the, the people could be stuck with invisible illnesses that we just don't see, especially in the school age children mm -hmm. that might have ADHD, that might have autism, that might have other learning disabilities. And they, we just say they look normal, so they must be. Well, AI mm -hmm. might be the answer for them. And we don't want to, uh, you know, make it harder for using something that actually helps. And that's where my concerns, my concerns are 
really all over the field, but in education, uh, and I guess it speaks really for me, is that my son uh, just got flagged for his English paper by AI. He wrote it himself. I know because it's not written very well. Um, but it's written in a way that AI says that it's AI. But nobody also looks that if you take the Bible and put it into AI, it gets flagged for AI. So, mm -hmm. you know, th these are things we know couldn't have been written by AI. So we can't really judge the, we can't judge what's telling us if it's artificial intelligence or not. It doesn't even know mm -hmm. that it's artificial. Um, sure. So, yeah, I guess my thing to teachers is, you know, just get curious about it, dive in, find out, mm -hmm. um, and then make your assessment. You know, don't, don't just listen to me. I'm, I'm somebody who's obviously gonna be pro AI, but, you know, I really do think that educating ourselves helps us make a better decision. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nick. I think that's about all the time we have for today. Uh, do you have any last words that you would like to include to our listeners? I guess all I'd say is just keep staying curious. Just keep learning. And uh, you can't go wrong with your future with that in mind. That was a really fascinating discussion about skills needed in the technology field, about potential internship opportunities upcoming, about what the field looks for in graduates, and of course, a discussion about AI, which if you were at the Fall 2023 Okta Conference, I think you'll see some similar themes to our keynote speaker. Over the next few months, we hope to bring you some even more exciting career tech information including work-based learning interviews with Intel, interviews with the Ohio Department of Education and Department of Higher Education, and a really exciting episode on using the CTE 26 program as a course planning tool. And that is just over the next few months. Over the course of the full year, we plan to bring you even more exciting episodes, so please stay tuned. As always, if you're listening on Spotify, Amazon Music, or iHeartRadio, please be sure to like our episode and rate and review the podcast. It really helps us promote on those platforms. And that concludes this episode of the Ohio Tech Prep Podcast. I hope you'll join me next month.